Hello and welcome into the Sideline Sports Show. Today is December 9th. Ben, how are we doing today, man? It's all it's and it's it's almost Friday, just like every other show we do. It's almost Friday. So it's kind of yeah. things you look forward to in the week. Friday with football coming up, you know, and then the sideline sports show on Thursday to to preview everything, man. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it for me, I was like sick almost all day yesterday. So um still almost not a hundred percent, but um, it's better than being in a bed doing absolutely nothing. So I'd rather be talking sports than sitting in a bed doing absolutely nothing. So, right. Well, great well, thank you for being, being a trooper today, man. So yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> kind of get things going. If you notice, you know, I've got a little bit like a sinus infection. So I think we're yeah. all around just kind of, I wouldn't say chalked because we're here, you know, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to kind of push through. So, yeah. Well, so, the big thing going on right now, Ben, the college football playoff um, rankings slash matchups were announced on Sunday. It was Alabama one, uh, Michigan was two, Georgia was three, um, yeah. and uh, Cincinnati was four. So we're, we're, we're going to get Alabama and Cincinnati, and I believe the Cotton Bowl. Was that correct? Yeah. And then Georgia yeah. and Michigan in the Orange Bowl. In Orange Bowl. So, yeah, some interesting matchups there for sure. And kind of, well, Brief, briefly discuss that. Any, any surprises there? Did you think maybe Michigan might jump to number one, or did we kind of figure Alabama would be that one spot? Um, I think when they beat Georgia, I think it was kind of a thing, which, by the way, I need to clarify. This is a Hart County Bulldog, not a Georgia Bulldog. Let's get that clarification first. You had me. Um, huge, huge difference. Um, but I, I think when they beat Georgia, I think they just shocked everybody. And when they did, I think it was just kind of obvious that they needed to be number one. Uh, I think you could have made an argument for Georgia too, Michigan. Uh, you could flip flop one of those two, and I think it would be very, very similar. Um, Cincinnati at four really kind of shocks me a little bit because it's like uh, I, I saw this this week, and I th- I think this is what really got me is that when you look at all these resumes from the top four teams. Alabama's best win was over number eight, Ole Miss. That's a good quality right. top win for them. You look, uh, I'm, I'm going to – Michigan, they beat Ohio State, which was in the top ten. Um, Houston, uh, Cincinnati beat everybody. Uh, Notre Dame, which was their top win. Uh, and I think they were one of the first two teams out. And then you look at Georgia, their top win is maybe Kentucky. Maybe, um, or maybe or Clemson, yeah. And you know, there's an argument to be made, but I mean, if that's your best win, then I I don't know. Like I I feel like Cincinnati may deserve a little bit more credit than what they're given. I think basically what everybody's going to start doing now is judging it based off of. Okay, well, you know, you're a. Five school, so we're not going to give you the credit you deserve. So yeah, and I feel, but I feel like some of it was the fact of all right. If Georgia would have uh, lost that game to Bama and it made it look close and still had played very well defensively, I think you could have made the case that they'd have been number two. But the simple fact of that Michigan won their Big Ten title game and they dominated Iowa, so then in comfortable fashion, winning forty-two to three, and um. Georgia just didn't look good defensively at all. And 
And yeah. as we called it, Stetson Bennett's just not the guy. I'm su- I'm surprised that they left him in there. And I, but I guess he he's been playing some, the bulk of the season so far. I mean, why make a change? So, and statistically yeah. wise, he wasn't bad. But the pick six and and, and then another interception uh, before that kind of messed up Jordan, kind of screwed them over at that point. So I don't I don't know. I I, I still don't believe in Stetson Bennett, especially in big games. It'll be interesting to see he fares against Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan down there in Miami. So that'll be a fun matchup to kind of watch keep your eye on. Again, I, if Georgia makes a change to J.T. Daniels, I think they have a shot. Got, got it, man. I, 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 don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I don't think he's got it. Um, Georgia was a preseason. I may have to ride with them. I, I got a couple weeks. I'm not going to officially make a uh, I I don't know. I just I'm not a huge fan of, of Stetson Bennett, and I think their defense kind of got exposed for the fact of, hey, you yeah maybe maybe there's something to the fact you guys didn't play a very a particularly good schedule. So yeah, maybe there's something. To and I think maybe that was the reason why Georgia got exposed as much as they did in that game. Um, you can partially blame a lot of it on Stetson Bennett. I don't think he really looked that good, but also I think you got to look at it like this too. They didn't run the ball that much as I thought they would. I, I really thought they would run the ball a lot more in that game, and they they really just didn't. I mean, they mainly tried to throw the ball more than they tried to run it, and it it just looked very shocking to me because obviously it doesn't look like Stetson Bennett is their best passing quarterback. So if you were going to go pass against Alabama, why would you stick Stetson Bennett in there? It just it doesn't make sense to me in my mind why it looked that way if you were going to go pass heavy on an Alabama secondary that has been pretty good this year. So it kind of really shocked me that they were going to stick him out there over JT Daniels. I think moving forward, they're going to go with JT. Um, I don't think they're really going to announce that, um, but I would watch out. I think JT Daniels will probably get the start against Michigan or – the other way around is sets and starts, and then JT kind of just comes in through the game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, shoot, there's no way. After what I saw, I mean, you're, that's what you're going to have to do if you somehow make it through Michigan because Michigan's run offense, man, is so. Oh yeah, I mean, those, they they've really found weeks with State carried over into Big Ten title game against Iowa. Iowa's throat, it was just. For just they over uh, this one could be a very interesting, could be a, a very fun game, and I could see Michigan pulling it out. Could I, I don't know exactly again, not making a pick this show, yeah, it'll be made in the coming week. But overall, man, I, I Michigan's got a chance in this one, especially if they're able to kind of. Because Alabama's run defense pretty decent this year, it's been kind of their secondaries. Is it was kind of like pick your poison, whichever one would be yeah. your best chance to go after. And I think that their game plan kind of ran around that, which I think kind of gets away from their identity. It's like Georgia. When you think Georgia, and you think Kirby, Hart, you think run the football, especially with Stetson Bennett. You need to be right. able to run the football, and plus he hasn't really had to do much this year because they've been dominating teams. I mean, he's been out by the 
third or fourth quarter m- most of the games. Yeah. And if he's been out there in the fourth quarter, it's, it's been because the game's uh, within two scores, so they kind of want to just keep him out there. Uh, so overall, I mean, we haven't really seen him be challenged yet. The only time Georgia was really kind of challenged in a way was that Clemson game, and Bennett didn't even play in that game. So yeah. uh, that was JT Daniels. So so that Alabama game was the first time that he got a real chance to be like, all right, hey, we need you to play a good at quarterback. And he just floundered. He fell flat on his face. So it, he, if he does that in the playoffs, George is going to be in trouble, and they could be at, due for an early exit. So Yeah, let me ask you this. I, I saw this come up a lot this week, um, and, and I kind of thought of this myself when I started digging into it. Do you think Kirby Smart has failed to develop players? Because let's go back and look. They, they've obviously had done very, very well in recruiting. They recruit like some of the top national classes um, every single year. Um, but when it comes to on-the-field talent, it just kind of – like you, you make it to the SEC title game, uh, but you've only won it once, and – You've made it to the national championship once and lost. Um, and it's just kind of looking like a mediocre SEC West, like in my opinion, and or East, excuse me. And I, it just – there's nothing really exciting me out of the SEC East anymore. Like Florida's kind of on their downhill, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Missouri's on Florida their downhill. got pancaked by South Carolina. Yeah. So, and, I mean, that, so, I mean, there's I, just not a whole lot there. But I think also it's got to come into the development. Are, is he failing to develop even players, specifically the quarterback position for me? Because I think of okay. when he came in, I think Jacob Eason was there first, uh, if I'm correct. I could be wrong on that. Um, but you see where he is now. He's not playing. Uh, you got Jake Fromm was his next guy in. He didn't do anything. Justin Fields was the next guy for him. He transferred out because he knew he wasn't getting playing time. Maybe wasn't developing the way he wanted to. I don't know that circumstance. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, JT Daniels uh, probably was that next person. Uh, He's a five-star he caliber quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and he hasn't panned out um, the way Georgia has hoped he would. Now you got Stetson Bennett, and you got all these other guys because obviously you're going to have um, Brock Vandegrift, who was an incredible quarterback at Prince Avenue last year, um, took his team to the state title game. Uh, you didn't even see him play a snap this year. Then you got uh, the guy that's coming in from I'm trying Rabin County, uh, Gunnar Stockton, who won. Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Georgia, and you know stole him away from South Carolina. Exactly, and so I, the question is, when does that development part come in? Because I, I truly haven't seen it yet. I just haven't, and you can yeah, say, yeah, well, yeah, well, this team's got talent, but they haven't gelled. Yeah, that, that's definitely a question mark for sure. Um, with the quarterback situation, I'd hold off on the criticism for this year so far because that was a game that Alabama more so needed to win. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for validation in terms of that respect because he's trying to get over that Alabama hump, this wasn't the game that he had to win because yeah. most likely if things fall the way that, they, that we think they're going to fall, there's, there's a very strong chance that, that he's going to see Alabama get in the title game. Just, yeah, um, I, I think Cincinnati has, has had a great has a chance to kind of play with Alabama a little bit. I, I, I don't 
we'll, we'll have to see how that game plays out. So, but there is a very chance that they see Alabama again in the national title game. So I, I think that'll be the game you kind of judge, judge him on, and that'll be a game that you can on the uh, criticism. So, I, I don't know. I, I think you need to kind of pump the brakes because this was more so a game that Alabama had to win. Yeah. And they, I'll give them credit. They, they, they look good. They, they came out and surprised us. After not looking good at all against Auburn, they came out and frankly exposed that Georgia defense. And and frankly exposed Tetsamet for being a simple game manager. That's pretty much all that was. Yeah. So. All right, so let's look on the other side. Alabama, Cincinnati. Is there anything that sparks your interest on that side? I think the matchup to watch is going to be that Alabama offensive line, and then and then versus the Cincinnati defensive line. Obviously, it's a it's a uh, group of five team versus Alabama, so it, it should it. I should have an edge there, but don't count out Cincinnati's defense. Cincinnati's defense is very tenacious. They're very fast. They're 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 very punch. So it, I think that that be a matchup to watch, and if Cincinnati's going to have to be able to score on the defense. So it's going to be tough. with Alabama. I'm not necessarily picking them to win, of course. I think that yeah. might be crazy, but I think Cincinnati Cincinnati is going to kind of compete better than some of the other teams that have faced Alabama in the playoff beforehand, like your Notre Dame, your Michigan State. I think they'll do better than them, but. Picking them right now would probably be crazy over Alabama. So. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. I, we, we got exposed for our doubting Nick Saban last week. Cody's already having a field day on, yeah. our, on our – what do you I mean, call look. this? Our text line? What do you want yeah. to call it? It's our message line uh, yeah. on the chat. So, if you all have chat, any questions or anything like that, you all can leave them on the chat. We'll throw them up throughout the show. Um, I think the interesting side for me is how well will – Cincinnati's offense do against the Alabama defense because I think that's really been Cincinnati's strength all year long. Uh, so I think if they do well against this Alabama defense, I think they have a shot. Do I think they're going to win? I'm not going to predict that yet, but I, I, Alabama, the way they played, if they play the way they played in the SEC title game, the rest of these, these last two games. They're winning another national championship, hands down, uh, because they played lights out. Hands down, they played lights out in the SEC title game, and if they play like that the rest of the way, they deserve to be national championships, no doubt. Yeah. So you got to have Alabama being be the favorite at this point. Unfortunately, as much yeah. as I hate to say that, you, you, you do. You just got to have them as a the favorite, just because Cincinnati, great story and great season. So you got you got to kind of have to favor Bama in that one for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. And then, and, and no matter who they play, say they play Michigan. If Michigan, if, if they were to somehow get past Georgia, Michigan would have to play ball control offense. That is what they are going to have to do. That they're going to have to run the ball very effectively. They're going to have to play keep away. They're going to have to score on their possessions. They're, and they're going to have to play great defense and hope Aiden Hutchinson steps up and sacks Bryce Young a few times. That's going to be on third down, too. So that, that, that's going to be the recipe for success. I think Michigan probably at this point after the SEC title game, they may have the best shot in, in, in yeah. terms of just being able to dethrone the tide. And I don't know. It's something about Jim Harbaugh just in these big games. I don't know. I don't like it. But, I mean, the last two he's performed very well. He's knocked off Ohio State by multiple yeah. touchdowns, and then he walloped Iowa. So yeah. maybe they've, they've completely turned a corner and they're going to start winning big games this year. 
So I, I don't know, I, but I, I do think Michigan overall has is, is better suited at the moment just because there's so much tape that in Alabama's already seen Georgia. I don't know, unless Georgia just knows what their problem was on defense and they go back and look at the tape, I, I don't know if, what they're going to be able to do differently. And the fact of the matter is they were not able to get pressure on Bryce Young. They said if they're able to get pressure, just like Auburn was, uh, this could be a long game for Bama. They weren't able to get pressure, and it ended up being a long game for Georgia. So uh, I think that's where you got to start. So, but And, and for, for Georgia in this game against Michigan, they're going to have to get back to the basics in terms of defense. You're going to have to start pressure on the quarterback. You're going to have to start getting back to, to that tenacious uh, rushing the passer with four, and you have to play solid coverage. You probably have to try, try to get pressure with four guys. If you can't, which it's going to be a tall task against that Michigan offensive line. Those guys are those big guys. So it's going to be a tough task there. Get pressure on on um, Cade McNamara as much as possible and just kind of mm-hmm. – I would say probably try to load the box just because you have to be able to stop the run. If you can stop the run against Michigan, you have a very good chance to beat them. So, Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and talk about this uh, coaching carousel because, Tim, I sent you a text message earlier today. Um, yeah. And it looks like um, another Clemson coordinator is leaving to take a job at Virginia, and that's Tony Elliott. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, you obviously, since the last time we talked last Thursday, Brent Venables just went over to Oklahoma as well. Um, obviously I think there's been a lot of talk about, um, how is Clemson going to move forward without these two guys? What, I think this is really kind of what defines Davos success right here, Mm -hmm. because when you see Alabama, you see Nick Saban after assistant leaves to go take a head coaching job or any other job, he reloads. Like he, he just, uh, he finds people to do the right thing and, run the right offense and do the right things. And he makes it work somehow, some way and reloads his coaching staff every single year. Now is Dabo going to do that with Clemson and also Dan Radakovich being gone as the AD? I think he could. I, I, I don't really see a, a problem with Dabo going out and getting somebody to come in and be a part of his staff, especially with the success that they've had in the previous years. So I don't think that's going to be a problem for Dabo. I think the the good thing that we've seen, though, is a lot of commits have stayed and said that they're going to still be with Clemson. So that's another good thing as well during this whole entire thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's obviously reason for concern. When you lose your defensive coordinator, you're most likely going to lose your offensive coordinator. But honestly, I, I'm not – I'm crushed about Brent, man. But you know what? I, I mean, hey, mm-hmm. that was the one job that he was going to. You know, and I applaud for it. I think it was just a, it was the right thing for him. Go, go be a head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. That is a great job. That is a fantastic yeah. job to have. Now it's a little bit dumpster fire now with a lot of decommits. There's a lot of problems going on there. But if he's able to right that ship, I think they're going to be just fine. And he, they needed a defensive mind in there. A lot yeah. of the Big Twelve teams are going kind of defensive, like Baylor, Oklahoma State, the two teams that were in the Big Twelve title game. Very good defenses, which surprisingly, yeah. Oklahoma State, one of the top five defenses in the country. So just kind of the Big 12 kind of rebranding itself with a lot of great defense. TCU, oh, they've kind of fallen off recently, but they, they, they've had really good defenses the last couple of years. So 
uh, it was a direction Oklahoma needed to go into, especially within the matter of these couple of years that they're going to go into the SEC. They need to because they go into the SEC with the amount of offensive minded that, that they are and just almost no regard for the defense. They were going to be in trouble. So yeah. they definitely need to be m- more defensive if they were going to kind of stand a chance in the SEC. So that's why I think this is hard for them. And I just want to say that thanks to, to uh, Brent Venables for his 10 years at Clemson, man, he went there we just lost to West Virginia 70 to 33 and in his 10 years there we've won two national titles and been to numerous college football playoffs so and I saw someone call him a traitor the other day and I'm like are you guys are you serious so so he takes a job and we're all of a sudden calling him a traitor um so it's crazy some of the people and people that comment out there but I I I wish him nothing but the best I think he's going to be fine there again if he he, he's already putting together a great staff I saw he I believe his offensive coordinator choice was the guy at Ole Miss that was leading that mm-hmm. offense. So um, I think that was a great hire. I think that's something that you can kind of let him, uh, his who's more offensive-minded, who's very good at being offensive-minded, kind of lead in the offense in, in the direction that they need to go. And that way Brent can kind of hire his defense coordinator. He may even be the defense coordinator himself. You've seen coaches do that. But and I definitely think that's a great hire for for Oklahoma. They needed to kind yeah. of get back to their defensive principles, and that's exactly what they did in Brent Venable. So I look forward to it. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do very, very well there. So wish nothing yeah. but the best. In terms of Clemson, uh, Dan Radakovich, I don't. I, I think that's a definitely a blow for Clemson, but I don't think it's gonna affect the football landscape and too too much. It may down the road, but we shall see. Uh, in terms of Tony Elliott, man, I don't know. Ever since Jeff. Scott left for South Florida, this, and he's been kind of the sole offensive coordinator. This offense has been kind of meh. I mean, Trevor Lawrence's last year, I wasn't impressed a lot of times. I thought we could do so much more. And, of course, this year, which I'm not going to put all on Tony Elliott, of course, I'm going to put some on Davos Sweeney, and the fact that DJ Uyungle had a terrible, there's no sugarcoating it, terrible year. I mean, I don't think I've seen someone that many like, passes that, that – were so far ahead of receiver, or short or badly thrown by Clemson quarterback in my lifetime. I mean, I'm, we're talking maybe. Did you know that they Martin. were? Did you know that they were ranked 103rd in passing offense this year in the country? Wow, that's better than I thought it would be. 103rd, and there's 100. That's better than I thought. There's 130 teams, Tim. So that means there was like 27 teams that were worse than y'all. Dude, I mean, I mean, you got to think about it. His best passing game, I think, was against UConn, where he threw for yeah. 240. Yeah, he threw for like so. 240 yards. That was like his season high. So it, it was it was such a bad year, and uh, and they, they needed to run the ball more often early on. And I think more so more so that came from Dabo, you know. Yeah. And I put that on Dabo. So, but I, I don't know. I wish Tony Elliott nothing but the best, but I think it was time for offensive coordinator change anyway. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see who he goes there. You know. I saw someone mention the uh, Derek Mason as the defensive coordinator. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I think that was, I was like, I'd be fine with that. I, it, dude uh, didn't do great at Vanderbilt as a head coach, but the dude's a def- defensive genius, and I think he would definitely be a good fit. And then Joe Brady's on the market. I'm yeah, saying, he is. I'm just saying, dude, dude that led LSU to that national title. What not for this offensive coordinator thing? He was a passing game coordinator, but a lot of people credit him for that season and kind of turning yeah. around uh, Joe Burrow. So, and I think he got Jeff with the parent with the Panthers, man. I, yeah, 
I will. I, people's like, well, you people don't know. Uh, they haven't watched the games. I'm like, I, I watched the majority of those games. I, the last couple weeks, I couldn't watch it just because it was painful. <laughs> it was just absolutely painful. I just decided to do other stuff. So, yeah. but just overall, man, the dude had what seven, eight games w- with McCaffrey. I mean, his yeah. quarterbacks were he was given. He was given were uh, Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, Cam Newton, and Sam Darnold. Sam Duck Darnold. Okay, I mean the dude threw nothing but ducks out there. I mean, it's, excuse me, seeing ghosts too. So I, I don't know. There's just a whole lot of things going on, and and the dude just never had the right personnel, in my opinion. And they, yeah. they gave Christian McCaffrey all that money um, after a couple years ago when he did like a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. So, I, I, and that goes to show you don't pay running backs. Just don't pay them because they could be hurt and gone the next year. So, yeah, I, and just overall, man. I, I don't. I don't think he was given a fair shake. I don't think he had the right personnel to do what he wanted to do. So, and Matt Rule talks yeah. about, and, and we'll be able to see whose problem it is going forward uh, after after th- this week. Um, I don't even know who they play because it, feel, it feels like they're so far gone at this point. But even though they're only like a half game out of the playoffs, which is like mind boggling to me. But that's crazy. same thing with the Falcons. So you never thought you the serious? Falcons? Was, yeah, I'm dead serious. So I think yeah. like everybody is. T- I think between, if I'm correct, between the Saints, the and I didn't know we were going to talk NFL now. Um, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers, I think, are all tied for second. Yeah, yeah, that blows my mind. But I, I think the good thing with I think the good thing with Venables going to OU is he's been there. He knows what kind of environment that needs to be. Um, especially to succeed at the next level that college football is going to. Um, And him being in that ACC environment, national championship environment, he knows what OU needs to be. And he's got a lot of great talent there at OU. And I think he'll succeed very well, especially on the defensive side. You saw Oklahoma get a little bit better on defense this past year and the year before. So I think that's going to be a good thing that he's a defensive-minded guy to come in and take over. Uh, but for Tony Elliott to go up to Charlottesville, I think there's a lot of drama up there right now with especially Bronco Middenhall kind of stepping down, um, yeah. still not knowing the reason why. Um, there's probably some drama or something going on up there, and uh, I don't think a lot of the players are happy with how the program's being handled right now. So I think there's a lot of drama there too. Speaking of drama, let's go down to Miami. Uh, Mario mm-hmm. Cristobal comes down to Miami now um, with Dan Radakovich. Uh, a lot of personal connections there between them two. Um, do you think he's going to succeed at Miami, or is it just kind of like a eh, like a mediocre ACC Coastal team like it has been in the past? I mean, he could. I mean, I mean, as we've seen, I mean, he had success with Oregon winning a Pac-12 title going to the Rose Bowl. But that was – he did have Justin Herbert as his quarterback. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of more of a man and just kind of wait and see because yeah. we, we really don't know. I mean, it's going to take a turn to take a lot to turn Miami around. They do have a really good quarterback and, and with him as, yeah. as, as a quarterback, they Tyler took Van down Dyke. Pitt. I mean, the guy, I forget his name. His, mind, his name is Tyler Van good. Dyke. Thank you. Tyler Van Dyke. The dude was, I mean, thrown for 300 yards. He was yards all right ACC there. freshman of the year. So Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, the was dude was just – Flat out balling, as you said. So I, I think that, that the part of that, the reason why he was like, "Yeah, this is the right time." Yeah, it's it's, it's my alma mater. 
but also I got a really good quarterback. In fact, he came out and yeah. said it. He's like, I he's like, this dude's the best quarterback in the country. I'm like, that's bold. That's yeah, that's a bold it. statement. He's right, a good right quarterback. There, I'm saying it. Uh, don't agree with that quite yet. Kids got potential. Don't get me wrong. A lot of numbers, but we shall see. So I think the the key to starting is having a good quarterback, and that Chris Paul did have. So yeah. And then uh, to replace him at Oregon, there have been reports, according to 247 Sports, that old old stomping ground Chip Kelly may return to Oregon. Uh, If he does, do you think he has success, or is it just kind of like a thing where it's like, eh, it's it's Chip Kelly, and you got to just find somebody? So that's that's what I kind of feel like it's like. It's like, you know, we're just going to go out and get somebody that knows how to – let Oregon be what Oregon used to be. So that's yeah, how I kind of, kind of, kind of bring them back, bringing Oregon back to the glory days for a little while there with Marcus Mariota. And yeah, yeah that, that was definitely Chip Kelly's best coaching job. I mean, he kind of brought yeah. the swag there. That was when Oregon was wearing a different kind of weird jersey every single week. You know, just, <laughs> it, it, it kind of brought the swag there, you know, and, just, and it kind of just re- it reflected on the field. And that they were they had explosive players everywhere. So I don't yeah. know if it's going to be like a, like a very quick fix. I mean, Oregon was just in the Pac-12 title game for Crown. They've been in the Pac-12 yeah. title game for a few years in a, for, for a few years in a row now. So yeah, I, I, he's definitely coming in with, with talent for sure. I, I don't know if it's a talent that kind of fits his style. Well, so if he does take that job and that, that, because I know that they already asked permission for you from UCLA to interview him. I think it would be an interesting hire. I think it would be a good hire for Oregon. So now it'll be it'll remain to be seen whether or not it'll eventually work out like it did the first time, and then hopefully it won't bolt like he did to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but we, we shall see. Yeah, and then um, there was one other one, but I forgot. Oh, uh, Mark Whipple. He was the offensive coordinator for um, the Pitt uh, University of Pittsburgh. Um, he stepped. He resigned. He actually stepped down. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I think he is Nebraska. All right, a uh, couple other quick things. Um, let's talk about the transfer portal because this is absolutely just loaded with talent right now. I mean, like there's five-star athletes all the way to three-star athletes that could start on any given Saturday in this transfer portal. Um, I, I'm going to let you do your take on it first, and then I'm going to give my take on it. Is this hurting college football more than it's helping, or is it helping college football uh, in a way, form, or fashion? I think it's helping it, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it, it sucks when someone from your team leaves. But, I mean, you got to remember, yeah. I mean, coaches can leave. I mean, all of a sudden you, you go in there, I heard this argument is like, you should be going for the coach, you should be going for the school. I think that's utter rubbish, to be honest with you. Yeah. You're going for the school. I mean, most of those guys are going there to try to get to the NFL. You are going there for for the school. But, I mean, you could probably find your major at whatever school you want to, man. Um, yeah. I think more so you're going for the fifth coach. That's what you're really yeah. going there for. Because if you have a bad coach, your chances of going to the NFL are really bad. Or yeah. They take a hit for sure. Um, and if you have a good coach, they elevate – just like that. Just well, I mean, t- take Jalen Hurts was very average in Alabama. I'll just be honest with you. And, and the, he goes to Oklahoma, where Lincoln Riley, QB whisperer, dude turns into a second round pick. So, 
It, it definitely depends a lot on your coach. And I, I'm fine with it just because of the simple fact that people say it creates free agency. And I'm like, to a certain extent, sure. But at the same time, if you're allowing coaches who – I mean, everybody here is a legal adult. And once you get 18, you're, an illegal, you're a legal adult. These legal adults are making decisions that are best for them. Why are we trying to hold them back? And just because, oh, you, you want to you – know, good old Johnny, you want to keep Johnny at Clemson just because he, he may help you win a national title. Yeah, in, in, in two years. So, but he's like, no, I want to play now. I can play now. I need to play now. I want to play now. I don't want to go in there and wait two years and then eventually hope I get the chance to play and and then hopefully I don't get beat out by some talented freshman. Yeah. I mean that happens sometimes, and they see it's they see that and they're like, why would I wait two or three years wasting good years that I'm able to play? And who knows if I, I mean ho- hopefully I've still got it. Hopefully I'm still healthy enough in two years to be able to play and. Hopefully, I'm still I'm good enough to where I can go into the NFL. You know, I I I support it. I think it, I think it's good for college football ultimately, just because of the fact that you could turn a team now that that say like a Nebraska, you could turn like a Rutgers. Those teams that could use that transfer portal and to get good players now because that because they actually have decent coaches there. They have high profile coaches at one time or another, and that can actually come in there and bring players in. And can kind of turn things around, so we can kind of see a little shift. And as you see this year, look at the playoff this year. Obviously, you have your usuals, Alabama and Georgia, but I mean teams like Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma, they didn't make it. I mean the, the cultural landscape, especially if Georgia would have beaten Alabama, that you would have seen, you, you could have seen teams. And if Oklahoma State would have won, you could have seen three new teams in there. Yeah. So I mean, just overall, I mean, you finally got a non-power five in there. So it's just overall, I think it's good for parity in terms of you know one year, you know, you're not going to get too much of your Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and then a, a wild card every year. You know, like your SEC champion. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit of parity. You're going to get a little bit of team teams, and your team actually has a shot now. So I like it. I think it's good for college football. I I'm going to actually disagree, Tim, and I'll tell you why. So. I think, one, it affects recruiting because these guys that go into recruiting, especially this year, I've, I've kind of just watched it. Uh, I've paid more attention to recruiting for Georgia Tech um, and the transfer portal this year for Georgia Tech and just see how it kind of all works out. When you look at it, if you're in a, at a recruiting standpoint right now um, and you're going into a school and you're seeing these guys that are – for instance, uh, I'm a, I'm going to use Georgia Tech as an example because I'm at this point legitimately where I'm starting to question Jeff Collins' leadership because, look, you see your top running back enter the transfer portal. You see your uh, your second-string running back who could obviously be your first-string quarterback or running back. Uh, he decides to declare for the NFL draft today. Then you have, when he still has another year of eligibility left, your third-string running back who has been decent – decides to transfer out with his brother that played in the same program on defense. Um, you have two other, uh, three other guys that transfer out as well. And then you start to see these running backs in this class that's coming up to be freshmen next year start to decommit. Okay, there may be something going on within the program that a lot of people don't know, but it's affecting recruiting because now you're, well, from an outside looking in, you could see, okay, maybe this is like they want to just go off and win or, you know, you got to have a reasoning behind transferring out. I think if there's like a legitimate reason where like uh, say like there's – I know that there was one case where I, I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago 
where somebody is like family member was uh, struggling with something and he decided to transfer and go be up near closer to home. I get that. That's like respectable. I get that. But like this guy from Ohio State, I, I don't remember his name, the quarterback that left, uh, that graduated high school early, went and made a million dollars out of Ohio State being the fourth string quarterback, is now in the transfer portal just because he wanted to make a million dollars. Kind of just is like, why, why are you doing it? Like, you're doing it for the money, and that's what it shows. And I think it's kind of just hurting college football at this point because it's like now it's become, and I hate to say this, it's become more about the money than it is anything else. And I think in a way, form and fashion, it's showing kids, hey, you can just go anywhere, earn the money that you want to, and then just go wherever you want to if that's not working out for you. So, but I understand your so point. Where we, we, we can allow we, we allow coaches to do that. Why? Yeah. Why, why can't we allow the players to do that though? Yeah, uh, I I think the thing is though, is that the if you look back at a couple of years ago, college football for athletes was not about the money. Now, since it is a little bit more about the money, I think it it makes it look like okay, kids can do this now, and it it takes away for me. I think it takes away from the game because I don't look at college football for the money that the kids are making or for the money that the college coaches are making. And some of them, I'll admit, like some of these coaches that what they make is kind of ridiculous, especially the ones that are like, I, I, he had one good year at LSU, but then had the rest of his years were mediocre years at LSU. And mm-hmm. so nothing really successful. So unless you have proven success, like Bryce Young, he deserves to make the money he, that he makes. That's understandable. Like, in NIL deals, he deserves that. You know, like, those athletes that go out and prove and show that they need to earn that money, that makes sense. That's 100% honest. But, like, these third or fourth string guys that make this money, it's like, dude, like, you're just in it for the money. And that's what it shows to me. And I think in a way, form, and fashion, it's just like, hey, like, these kids that, you know, are just trying to make it all about money – just get into college football just to make it about the money in a way for well, I mean, fashion. But my thing is, though, wouldn't you do the same exact thing, though? Wouldn't you try to maybe try I mean, to be like, hey, yeah. I can kind of get that bag. I get that million dollars. I'll get in there and, like, you know what? I, there's a better chance for me. The guy ahead of me is a freaking Heisman finalist. He's going to be here for another two to three years. Yeah. Uh, I made a million dollars. I'm going to go somewhere else where I have a chance to play and more, earn yeah. more money. You know? Yeah. So I, I think it's more so the fact of, just kind of having to adjust coaches and, and also yeah. fans kind of having to adjust by, Hey, this is what happens. This is why something like at Clemson is a good for years. What has Dabo done? Usually you play everybody, you know, cause you, you're blowing teams out. Wasn't quite the case this year, obviously, but you play everybody, you play people that deserve to play. That is how you keep these guys. You play yeah. them you, and you, and that's how they learn best. Honestly, getting out there and getting experience. And if they're not ready, that'll make them work harder. You hope to, to yeah, get out there, be, yeah, to get out there and prepare and to be ready when their next time comes. So, um, I think this honestly this has the opposite effect of, of what some people are thinking. I think this could ultimately be good. And honestly, with you, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. Whatever kids are making, fine. Just you know, you're you're over eighteen years old. You can make your own decisions, whatever. Yeah. But if the product on the field is good, you know, to me, I mean. Again, it gives me parity, and, and I'm okay with Clemson not being in it every year. You know, just because I don't want to see Clemson, Ohio State. I don't want to see Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. I don't want to see uh, occasionally Oklahoma and a team like LSU making a run. You know, you know, it's like almost the same old story. And until yeah. they expand the playoffs, I'm I am all for this. So and just yeah. 
kind of, and it also kind of gives us a lot more storylines to talk about. Kind of have a tracker, like where's sure. he going? Is he happy? Is he thinking about leaving? Oh, he's leaving. Where's he going? Where's he thinking about? Who's talking to him? So, and that, that's the thing that kind of gets me. And I think that it creates a lot of intriguing points. And that's why I think it's ultimately going to be good for college football, just because yeah. a simple fact of when we have that 18, 18, or could be 12 team, could be 16, whatever, whatever they decide, hopefully they decide to do that soon. Just because I, I, de- I think you would agree with me. We definitely need more than four teams in this playoff. I feel yeah, like. I so. agree. I, I think it would be interesting to see a team like Notre Dame or, um, that loss to Cincinnati. Could they avenge their one loss to Cincinnati um, at a neutral site or something like that? And it would be interesting, but, you know, we'll never find out. So, all right, well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL, and then that will be the wrap of today's show. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back into the Sideline Sports Show. All right, Tim, let's go ahead and let's talk some NFL because we haven't done that in the past couple weeks since college football has kind of just been a really big deal over the past couple months. So let's go ahead and talk about this. You know who actually your Panthers play this week, Tim? Because you didn't know. So I'm going to tell you. You ready? Yeah. They play the Falcons. (laughs) Okay. Well, at least we beat y'all the first time. It wasn't pretty. It was like 1913. But I don't, I don't know. It seems like whatever we do, like, like we'll beat y'all and then y'all beat us. So, yeah. I, whatever happens. So, I, man, I don't even know. I just, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to watch, to be honest with you. Yeah. Just because I don't want to put myself through three and a half hours of torture. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I, I want to ask you a question to kind of open up this segment. Um, okay. Obviously, the New England Patriots have been an absolute incredible team shocking probably yeah. shocking most of the world um do you think they make the super bowl yes or no and do you think they play the buccaneers in the super bowl they could they very well could I, again all you need for tom brady to get the super bowl is just give him a chance just get him in the playoffs yeah, you know? which in the nfc south i think he's gonna safely do that um and the patriots man they have that formula um, they're they're going they're getting used to the cold weather. I mean, she, she, you saw Mac Jones taking advice from Brian Hoyer, who took advice from Tom Brady. Wear a scuba suit when you're out there playing football, and apparently it helped. So, uh, and they only threw three passes that game because of all the wind that was going on. Yeah. So, uh, they'll do whatever it takes to win, man. And any type of team that's like that, it's got to be feared in the playoffs. So they have, they have a legit chance. Obviously, you got to look out for your teams, like because Kansas City is winners of a few in a row. Um, I don't know. I think the NFC is definitely more wide open than the AFC is. So I feel like definitely the Patriots have a really good chance. Uh, then they may run into the Bills in the playoffs. So uh, I think that that'll be a good game between those two teams. Um, it's going to, in the playoffs, you're going to have to have Mac Jones perform at some point. You know, and even if you do get a buy and you get that number one seed, you're going to have to play at least three games. And again, you're not going to be able to run the ball down people's throats three times, three games yeah. in a row. If they do, I'll be shocked. 
So you're going to need that rookie quarterback to step up at some point, and he might. So we'll see. This is definitely a team that's on fire right now. I believe they've won, what, seven games in a row at this point? Yeah, something I mean, like that. They're, they're good. They're looking good. I mean, they have like a team lead on the Bills now in the AFC East. And yeah, this team's really looking good. Great defense like like every Bill Belichick team always does. And their offense is kind of playing up to par to where it needs to to win games. So I definitely like like the Patriots' chances. And and they have a because imagine having to go to Foxborough in, in um, January. You, yeah, no. Not fun. I'm not good. fun for opposing players. I'm, so. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you look at, I think, in the NFC – uh, even though this team right now is eight and four, I really love what the Rams have done with Matthew Stafford. I think they're a lot better team than they were last year with Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford. I know he's had a couple of uh, downfalls, especially with a lot of games where he threw a lot of interceptions. But overall, he's an incredible quarterback with this offense that they got going on. So um, that's probably my sleeper team in the NFC. I know, like that's really not truly a sleeper because of how what, decent they've done this year, um, but it's a team to definitely watch out for. And I would think another one would probably be Philadelphia. They'll probably end up winning it, between them and Washington. It just uh, it's a horrible, horrible division. But I mean, the Cowboys seem to kind of control right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I said, it's still a horrible division. But you know it. Philly's got to step up and make something out of it. And then you got to think you still have a three-way tie between the NFC East with Carolina, Atlanta, all these other guys. So, and New Orleans. So, it's going to be absolutely insane. So tell you right now, the Falcons and Panthers aren't going to the playoffs. I'm just <laughs> tell you that right now. Yeah. It's not happening. The Falcons, I don't even know. I mean, Matt Ryan is just Matt Ryan at this point. And the Panthers yeah. don't – I mean – I don't know who you, you'd have to find someone pull them out of out of left field to play quarterback, and yeah. I, I just I don't see it happening. So all right, so who's your sleeper teams for both sides? I like your pick with the Rams. I think they yeah. they do have the potential, but at the same time, I mean, we have, Matthew Stafford's been playing in, in Detroit for years, man. He hasn't played yeah. meaningful meaningful football in a long time yeah. since um, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I mean, it's definitely been a long time for him. So that's going to come down to stretch in the playoffs. It'll depend on the matchup that they get in the playoffs. If they get, say, have to go to Green Bay in the division round, or Tampa Bay in the, in the division, or not Tampa Bay, yeah, yeah, Tampa Bay in, in the division round, they could be screwed. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I trust them enough to be my sleeper team. Golly, that this is just it's it's a whole lot. I mean, I. I can my Cowboys be the sleeper team? I mean, sure. they're, they're kind of I mean, four, but I mean, they're not even really that much of a sleeper team. I've been super impressed with them, just kind of the way that they played so played so far. They're definitely the more most improved team. I definitely think that has to do with Dak being back and kind of yeah. the emergence of Tony Pollard, who's been who's a great complimentary back to Ezekiel Elliott, who's kind of able to take away and re- relieve Elliott of touches. So I, I definitely have been impressed with the Cowboys this year. So. And so, I, I don't know. I, I think the team that, that could really surprise – I know that they just lost to the winless Lions, but if the Vikings kind of fought, figure things out. They get, <laughs> Dalvin, they get Dalvin Cook back tonight. So, if they can get him back, get him right. I know Adam Thielen's out. If they can get him back and kind of go on a winning streak, I think that team could be very dangerous come down the stretch, if, despite the fact that, they yeah, they did just lose to the 
Lions. I understand that, which is a, a, a crushing defeat, especially when they're in a playoff race. Uh, I think that they, they they could make some noise, but they got to get healthy first. Got to get healthy. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. I just thought of this, Tim. Let's do something. Oh, but before we do, yeah, yeah. But before we do, we got to mention our friends, Section 103. Make sure your holiday season, go claim your 10% off your first order. I already did this week. I bought me a Christmas sweater that says uh, Felice Bobby Dodd because that is the stadium name of uh, Georgia Tech's football Saw team. That? Use I the code sideline. Yes, it, it was fantastic. So, all right, Tim, you can point this week. Look at this. Congratulations, Tim. You get the picks of the week. All right, we're just going to run through these picks who we think is going to win uh nfl edition so let's do it all right here we go tonight steelers and the vikings tim i'll let you go first you know i just said talking about the vikings that could be a potential sleeper team if they get healthy they do get dalvin cook back tonight don't know how much he's going to play i mean um alexander madison could be a little bit more of a lead back tonight just kind of spare dalvin cook and rossberger's getting old man but yeah but overall, I just like him better just because Adam Thielen's out tonight. Justin Jefferson's going to have to have a big game, and I don't think it's going to be big enough. So I, I, I got the Steelers in this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Steelers as well. All right, uh, Falcons at the Panthers. Tim, I already know your pick. Uh, I, and you know what, Tim? Just, just for the fun of it, I'm going to go Falcons. <laughs> I mean, can, it, it, I, I'm calling you. I think this is going to be a 12 to nine final score. Yeah, probably. I think, I, I, I think this comes down to a field goal, and I think it's Zane Gonzalez kicking the game winning field goal. And I think the nah, Panthers I win 12 nine. 12 nine. I don't think there's a touchdown scored in the game just because the teams it. are just awful. They're awful. Yeah, they're, it's, it's, they're horrible. It's awful. And somehow, some way, they're still in the playoff hope. I don't know how. <laughs> And so this game's going to help somebody make look better than it actually is. So, and the Panthers need it more because they have a tough schedule. Because they have the Bucks twice, yeah. and they have the Bills upcoming, and they still yeah. have the Saints to play. So, who yeah. knows? Ravens at the Browns. I'm I'm going to go Ravens. The Browns have just not look good this year at all. Honestly, I mean, we're going to both teams come out of the, on the field in crutches, man. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Teams, I mean, the Ravens lost both both their starting corner cornerbacks. Marlon Humphrey's out. Yeah, he's out. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't know how he – I mean, dude's probably going to have to have a, a life alert thing around his neck out there. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I mean, he's falling and he can't get up, you know. I mean, I mean, he, the dude's got a busted shoulder. He's got a busted ankle. I mean, the, I'm, yeah. I'm like, dude, how are you out there playing right now? <laughs> I mean, they, they've been battered all year long. I, yeah. I mean, I guess who's got the, the more talented players, who's got more depth. And I guess yeah. I think i got to go with the Browns. I think Chubb's going to be able to kind of break through that, that Baltimore defense and is going to be able to run all over them. I think Chubb has a big day. So give, give me the Browns. All right, Jags at the Titans. Tim, I'll let you go first. Titans. I mean, you got to go Titans here. I mean, Jack, yeah, it's so obvious that Trevor Lawrence is the best player on that field on, on the offense, him and James Robinson. I mean, yeah. the dude can't get any help at receivers. I mean, just, I don't no. know if it's play calling. I mean, you, it's definitely a personnel problem for, yeah. for Jacksonville right now. Uh, the defense isn't great. It's not bad, but it's not great. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just overall those far. So give me the Titans. All right. I'll take Titans as well. Raiders at the Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders are dealing with so many issues right now, man. Yeah. I mean, Rugs out. He's been released. What happened to him? Um, John Gruden, their head coach, 
actually with, with that big old scandal that, that happened uh, a couple months ago. He, they lost their head coach. I don't know. It's just they they seem bad down bad. You know, Darren Waller yeah. has been dealing with some injuries, some nagging injuries this year. Uh, when Hunter Renfro, I don't get me wrong, I love Hunter Renfro, former Clemson guy. That dude's a he's your, yeah, he's been he's been your leading receiver. I mean, you may have a little bit of issue there. So it's just, yeah, and I just don't think they're going to be able to stop the Kansas City Chiefs at all, as they showed in Las Vegas last time they played. I mean, Patrick Mahomes yeah. threw for what five touchdowns. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. All right, let's see. Jet, uh, Saints at the Jets. This is an easy pick. I'm going to go Saints. All right, I'm going to go Jets. <laughs> okay. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I'm going Saints. <laughs> I was about to say. I mean, uh, I mean come on. I'm, well, is this game at MetLife or is it New Orleans? Uh, MetLife. Uh, they have a chance then, but I don't know. That, that, that Saints defense might, was probably going to be too much. Give me the Saints. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys at uh, the football team. I'm going to go Cowboys. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with the upset here. I think Washington and Taylor Heineke are playing really good football right now, and I think that they take down the Cowboys. So give, okay. give me that football team. Okay. Seahawks at the Texans. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is this is a barn burner pretty much. <laughs> I mean, talk um, about 20 to 17, 20 to 10 type ball. Yeah, for real. Seahawks. Um, I mean, Seahawks just yeah, have too I much just, talent in this one. They, they, yeah. they have too much talent. I mean, they're four and eight right now, not looking good. But, I mean, they played a really good game against the 49ers last week. So, I, I think they're going to write the ship a little bit. I mean, they, but uh, to kind of get back around the 500 mark, because they just have too much talent. I mean, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. I mean, those guys right there, I mean, they don't have really have a game right now. With yeah. Carson out for the season. Collins, I mean, he's a decent back, but not great. He's not really a starting running back. I mean, when – you have to kind of refer to Adrian Peterson, and you, and you sign him in, at his age right now. You know, you're down bad in the backfield. So, but yeah. I, I think I think they just have too much, and I think the Texans are just having a terrible season. So, give me the Seahawks. All right, we'll do we'll do these last couple ones quick. Uh, Lions at the Broncos. Can they carry their win over? You know what, Tim? I'm going to say yes. Lions get their second win of the year over the Broncos. I am too, actually. I, I am oh, too. I think they ride that that way with them. I can't believe it. I. Can you? They're they're doing a winning streak, man. They're they're yeah. they're going to have a winning streak after going oh ten and one to start the season. So yeah. I'm going to say the Lions go to two and two ten and one. Denver's a ten point favorite in that game too. So that that will be interesting. I mean, to see they, they started the season, that. you know, demolishing teams, but they have not looked all that impressive to me the last few yeah. weeks. So. Giants at the Chargers. Giants will probably end up playing Jake Fromm because they don't have a quarterback. But uh, I'm going to go Chargers with a big win on this one. At the return of Jake from State Fromm, you know. Yeah. Return of him. But I don't think it'll be a good. I don't think it'll be a good one. So yeah. Uh, 49ers at the Bengals. Bengals are an interesting case, man. They'll play it great is. on offense one week and they'll play great on defense one week, but. And then the next week, both sides of the ball will absolutely stink. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I can't figure out Jamar Chase. The dude, dude, explodes on onto the field, onto the the scene. Top five in the league. I think he was number two in terms of receiving yards in the league at one point. And he's a rookie. But of course, the, the NFL kind of figured him out a little bit. They kind of stopped a little bit. But that's that has open opportunities to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and, the, and Joe Mix, Joe Mix in, in in the company. So, but. I, I don't know. I don't trust them, but I, but I think they'll get the job done here. Give me the Bengals. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go Bengals as well. All right, Bills at the Bucks. Um, oh, this I'm I'm gonna go Buccaneers. Hate to do it, but yeah, I mean, Bills. I just don't trust them right now, man. Yeah. They're not playing what they played like last year. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's hard to believe, but it feels like the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of did them in a little bit. When they played yeah. them down in Jacksonville a few weeks ago, they've struggled ever since, and I just I don't think they have enough to beat Tom Brady in the Bucks. I agree. All right, Bears at the Packers. I'm going to go Packers. Oh, Packers. I mean, yeah. Aaron Rodgers said it best himself. I own you. I own you. yeah, pretty much. I mean, pretty much. I mean, Aaron, it's hard to disagree with that man. Yeah, I mean, he's owned them these last few, these last several years. Well, pretty much his entire career. So, give me the Packers in that one to take down the Bears. All right, last one, Monday Night Football, Rams at the Cardinals. Tim, who you got? Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray's back. I think he's playing great. Chase Edmonds is going to be back for them, and J- James Conner's been playing fantastic um, in his absence. I think they're going to use that uh, two-headed monster to, to their advantage, and I say they win. So give me the Cardinals. I'm going to agree with you, Tim, and basically used every point I was going to use. Uh, so I really can't say much more. Uh, so you stole you all my, your eyes off your you stole my thunder. Uh, look, yeah, I love the Rams and what they're doing, especially Eldo Beckham has played a, even, a little bit better since he's been with the Rams. Um, so, but unfortunately, I'm Cardinals because they're just playing better than the Rams right now. All right. Well, that is all for today's show, Tim. Any final thoughts? For jam pack show, we covered everything. Yeah. Uh, just make sure you go back and listen to the podcast, or you can watch the video on YouTube, yes. Facebook, uh, Instagram, I believe. I, yeah, look, be. there we go, Tim. I can help you out. You can, there you go. Yeah. Facebook, uh, Sideline Sports Show. Instagram, at Sideline Sports Show, all one word. Twitter, same thing, oh, with the exception of Side SP Show. Uh, and then TikTok, which w- w- that's right, we're talking the tick, baby. Side uh, at Sideline Sports Show, and then on YouTube, Sideline Sports Show. So you know what, you know what, Tim, we would never have to read that if they would just watch. So if you just go to YouTube or Facebook or yeah. Twitter or just watch it, then we would never have to repeat that a hundred trillion times. So yeah. save I mean, us yeah, the pain. I mean, I mean, we have the podcast out for them if they just want to yeah. listen in their car. You yeah. Know? If you if you're like my family and you complain that you know we don't post podcasts as much as we should, and then I'm sorry. Go watch it online because it's all right and, there online. So and that's on me. I'll be honest with you. I, <laughs> you. You give me the audio sometimes, and sometimes I go through everything and I'm doing everything, and I'm like, all right, I do the podcast. I do the podcast. And you go home and go, and you text me, and I'm like, crap, do the podcast. <laughs> It's okay. It's so, okay. Look, I, I try my best to do the video too. I, I really do. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, shout out to Georgia Tech. They swept Ohio State in volleyball today. So, great job for them. And then also the women's basketball team plays UConn tonight. So, that's going to be a huge matchup. Even though UConn's star women's basketball players out with uh, that injury. So, hopefully they win tonight. All right. UConn, well, that's it. UConn. No. Go, go Jackets. All right, that's all the time we have for today. See you guys next week for another edition of the Sideline Sports Show.